This morning's scripture is from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. Hear the word of the Lord. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you! Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. This is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Father God, we ask that you would meet us in this time now. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us, that you are even closer than the very air that we breathe. And may we sense the reality that we are in your throne room. And so remove that veil, Lord, and let us experience you, the living God, this morning. Jesus, come and speak to us and give us the ears to hear. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, if you were here last week, you'll remember that Kevin, during his sermon, mentioned R.C. Sproul's very unfortunately named commentary on Mark. Well, it's, it's not unfortunately named. It's just the position of R.C.'s name with the name of the commentary, subtitle. R.C. Sproul, he taught them as one who had authority. And Kevin, for some reason, thought that that would be a good biographical you know, name for, for my book one day. I, you know, it was really funny, yeah, whatever. Um, what really struck me as funny this week, though, was our website. Yeah, there it is. Because lo and behold, the one who pointed all this out to us succumbed to the very same thing. And I want you to know, this wasn't my doing, because I don't choose the sermon titles. Every pastor does. But if you zoomed in on this, Kevin Burrell, acting like he owns the place. <laughs> this week, don't be surprised if you see Rick Harper runs for cover or something like that. You know, so <laughs> anyway, I... <laughs> so, uh, I couldn't let it pass. So, um, let me ask you this. Uh, how's your prayer life? Uh, and the reason I ask you that is because it's obviously the focus of our passage this morning. But also, you know, one of the things I find in my own life is um, you, can, you can kind of phone it in in prayer. You can, and this is where I think sometimes becomes a great divide for people, where you know God in the sense of you know about Him, and, and you believe all these wonderful truths about Him, but the problem is you don't experience Him. You see, there's, there's more than just knowing about God and knowing even God's Word. What really hits home is do you experience God every day? And I believe one of the best ways to do that is in prayer. And so we're going to look at this passage very briefly this morning, what I want to do is pull out some application points for what we're going to do a little later in the service. If you open your text, you'll, you may remember that leading into this, Jesus has just come off of what has been an incredibly busy day. He started early in the morning, and his day has been filled with nothing but people and ministry late into the night. And, and so you imagine you've just kind of pulled in a 14, 16-hour day, and you were ready just to, you know, put your head on the pillow, go to sleep. Well, following Jesus' incredibly late into the evening day, we read in verse 35, very early in the morning, 
While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, you don't get this from the English, but the Greek lets us know that that very early in the morning, this is what was considered the third watch of the night, which means Jesus is up between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. praying. This is very early in the morning. And you may be saying, why in the world isn't he sleeping in? He's just had an exhausting, grueling day. And so obviously, at some level, prayer is important to him. But I think the application could be this, is that Jesus teaches us that prayer is actually a means to find rest. Now, we usually associate rest with sleep. And I know if I pull a 14- or 16-hour day of ministry, I'm not up at 3 a.m. typically praying because I believe, as our world teaches us, well, to have rest, you need to sleep exclusively. Jesus here is up very early seeking His Father, and, and so somehow He's showing us that even more than the extra hours of sleep, He needed the extra hours with His Father for his rest. And and we read in the very next verses why this might have been necessary for him, because 36 and 37 tell us that Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. And the force of the Greek verb there about Simon and his companions went to look for him, literally it's they were hunting him down. There is a frantic search, high and low, where's Jesus? They're in a frenzy. They're lathered up. Where is he? We've got to find him. And what the disciples do when they do find him, they're, everyone is looking for you. I want you to hear this as a very thinly veiled rebuke to Jesus. Because what they're saying, in essence, is why in the world are you doing this, Jesus? We need to seize on the momentum that just happened these last 24 hours. We need you to start capitalizing on your recent successes. You have an opportunity here, Jesus, to build your base. There's an eager populace looking for you, and why in the world are you out here by yourself praying? What are you doing? They're rebuking him in a very passive-aggressive way. And one of the things to think about, you can apply this corporately to ministry, but you can also apply this to your personal ministry, is that business practices are not always what's best when you're seeking to follow the Lord and what He's called you to do. You see, it makes all the sense in the world. The consultants would be saying, Jesus, build your base. You've got a little momentum. Keep writing that. Push it forward. That's what the disciples are, in essence, telling him. And what we see, I believe, in this passage is that Jesus is also teaching us that prayer is not only a time to express our wills, but to have our wills conformed to God's will. You see, we can pour out our hearts to the Lord, but we also, sometimes in ministry, business best practices actually aren't the way to go corporately or personally. Sometimes they are. I'm just saying you cannot just overlay 
what a consultant or what the experts tell you you must do, because sometimes in prayer, the Lord will say, go this way instead. And I believe that's what's happened to Jesus in this, because He answers them, I'm not going to stay here in Capernaum. He says, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. And what we see is that Jesus' ministry takes on a shape and definition that is radically different now from John the Baptist. John was centralized, localized in one place, and the disciples are assuming that Jesus is going to do that now in Capernaum to build off of his success. And Jesus says, no, no, no. we're going to leave this place, we're going to go into the hinterland areas to the nearby villages because my ministry is to go forth to tell others the good news of God. I used to regularly pray all the time when life is falling apart. You probably do this too. My conviction, I think what this shows us is that we do pray when life is falling apart on us, when the sun doesn't seem to be shining in our lives, when God seems really distant. But what this shows us is that prayer is just as necessary, possibly even more, when life is nothing but smooth sailing and success after success. Jesus has just had incredible success, and what's he doing? He's fervently seeking his Father in the midst of the success. Many of you know Richard Pratt because of our partnership with Third Millennium Ministries, and I got to know Richard back when he was a seminary professor at RTS, and I was working in his home during the summer when Third Mill was just a little, you know, caught his imagination, and I'm doing, I'm scanning documents into the computer, and we're playing around with video editing software, and I travel around with Richard doing different things, and because he was very well known, people would always ask him, so how are things at RTS? And the first time he said it, it always shocked me, but then I grew to love what would happen because he, people would ask him, because RTS was happening, and he'd say, it's terrible. And the people were like, what do you mean it's terrible? And Richard would say, it's awful at RTS. We have more students than ever before in our history, and we have more money than we technically know what to do with. It's terrible because now we don't need God. And Richard's point was, yeah, RTS is riding a wave of incredible success, but that's terrible because you know what we're tempted to do? We're tempted to put our hope in that wave and not fall on our knees and humbly seek God for what are you doing, Lord? It was a great lesson in my life. We need to seek the Lord in prayer when things are going great in life, possibly even more than when they're going poorly. And so this passage, I think there's a number of things for us to consider, but, but it begs these questions, if nothing else. If Jesus, being the Son of God, needed prayer enough to force it into His schedule, how much more do you and I need it? You could also say it this way, if even Jesus needed to spend precious hours in prayer, what does this suggest for our own sense of priorities? And so this morning, here's what I want to do. Rather than just talk about prayer, which there's actually a lot that we could unearth in this passage, 
I want us to experience it a little bit together. Now, it doesn't matter whether your life has been great or maybe your life has been greatly difficult this past week. All of us could use some time with the Lord in prayer. Now, I know you may be here and you may be saying, oh my goodness, I chose this Sunday to come to Stonebridge. What the heck? (laughs) Don't worry. If you're not used to praying, I'm going to make this very easy for you. And what I'm going to do is we're going to break it up into three, and I, I, I guarantee you these will seem much quicker than you anticipate them. Three segments, and the way we're going to do these segments is we're going to start with adoration and confession, we're going to go into supplication, and then we're going to end with thanksgiving and praying for God's kingdom. And so these three segments, and this is the way we're going to do it. I'm going to read you a passage or two of Scripture. I'll either lead us in prayer, and and sometimes we'll have a little bit of silence for us to pray quietly on our own, and then we're going to end in song, not just as a transition, but these songs have been chosen actually to continue the spirit of prayer that we're engaged in this morning. And and I want you to know that this can actually be a way that you pray, reading Scripture, pouring out your heart to God, singing a song to Him. That all can be done in an attitude and a posture of prayer. And so this morning, my prayer for all of us is that our souls might, in even this brief moment, find rest in God our Savior. My friends, He loves you and calls you into His presence. And just as He accepted Jesus, His only begotten Son, He welcomes you. Because you you saw Will Robinson baptized earlier. Part of remembering your baptism is that the words spoken over Jesus at His baptism, you are my child with whom I am well pleased, that's God's attitude towards you, and He welcomes you to come into His presence with a prayer. So I'd encourage you, get comfortable, um, slow down. Often when I'm praying, I start pacing my breathing because that can help your body and your soul. We're going to start, as I said, with adoration and confession. And our passages in this are from Psalm 62 and Philippians chapter 4. Hear God's word. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Father God, it's amazing that we can call you Father, just as Jesus called you Father. And Lord, we thank You that in our wonderful salvation, You have adopted us into Your eternal family with Jesus being our older brother and You truly being our Father. Father, You alone are holy, and there is no one like You. Your glory is above the heavens. 
yet you stoop down to lift up the needy. Father, we exalt you. We praise you. We adore you. For you are holy and you are worthy. Father, may may that word not just be something we know to call you. May we really know you. Help us to bless you, to worship you, and praise you for all of your works. To praise you for your mighty power, your wisdom, your kindness, your justice, mercy, and truth. Father, we pray that you would help us to direct all of our living, what we say, what we do, even what we think and feel, so that your name will always be honored and always be praised. Lord, just as your word tells us, like earthly fathers have compassion on their children, you have compassion on your children. Lord, you know how we are made, and you remember us in our weakness. Father of mercy, God of all comfort, we confess before you that we fall so far short of your holy standard. Lord, we are filled with things like ambition and pride that cause discord and bitter feelings. We can be filled with anger and jealousy and revenge. We can run after things like position and money and status and titles because we think those things are going to give us an identity. Lord, we forget you far too easily and we take for granted our salvation far too often. Lord, only you truly know the depths of our sin. And in this quiet moment, we ask that you would, by your Spirit, help us to quietly confess to you all the ways that we've offended and grieved you. Father God, we ask that you would forgive us of all of these sins. And Lord, as we prayed earlier in the service, help us to forgive others in the exact same way you forgive us, fully and freely, so that there's nothing between us and another man or woman. Lord, let us experience the fullness of what it means to be children of the living God. We pray this through Christ Jesus, our Savior and our King. Amen. Let's sing together. It's who you are. 
Father, and he loves you more than you'll ever know. All of your sins are forgiven. We're going to enter into a period of intercession and silence and hear these passages from Romans 8 and Philippians 4. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. After I pray just a couple of sentences, I'm going to allow an extended time of silence. It's a time for you either to pour out your heart to God silently in supplication or to just sit quietly with your Father, listening for Him to direct your thoughts. Father God, briefly now we pray for others. Lord, I ask that you would bless this congregation. You know in our midst there are people who are sick, who need your healing. Lord, there are those who are grieving, who need your comfort. There are those whose souls are troubled or frightened because of what the future might hold for them, and I pray that you would grant them your reassurance. You're in control, Lord. For those who have need of any kind, may you be the God who provides. And so now, Father, in this time of silence, hear our prayers and speak to us by your Spirit. Father, you know that in our culture, silence can be a difficult thing. We so often try to avoid it, filling our lives with so much noise. Lord, help us to harness solitude and silence in ways that you can use in our lives. Lord, in this moment, we pray that you would help us to surrender our lives fully to you. Lord, we want to give you all of us. And as we sing this next song as a prayer to you, we ask that you would take and use our lives, our hands, our voices, our money, our wills, our love. Use it all for your glory and for your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Yeah.
our time of prayer, we're going to end with thanksgiving and praying for the spread of God's kingdom. Here's word from 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Father God, You are the God of providence. You hold the destiny of the nations in Your hand. And Lord, as Your Word tells us, we come and we pray for our country. We ask that You would inspire the hearts and the minds of all of our leaders that they, together with all of our nation, may seek first your kingdom and your righteousness so that order and liberty and peace may dwell with your people. Lord, we pray for our country and our city as you told your people to pray while in a far-off land. Lord, work in this place. Continue to bring your kingdom. And Lord, remind us that it's not through political might or force of will, but your kingdom comes through the spread of the gospel as lives are surrendered to you. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be agents of peace in this city in which you've placed us. And we pray 
for everyone in our community who works to provide housing for those who don't have it, for those who are resisting racism and are seeking to bring unity, for those seeking to provide fruitful employment to those who need it. Lord, we pray for those who seek to provide safety in our schools, places that young people can be trained and learn. Lord, we thank you for those who are seeking to develop artistic gifts, and may they be used for your glory. For those seeking to provide health care, for those who seek to provide spiritual care. Lord, we pray that you would help us to bear witness for your love in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for those who feel called to minister to refugees. And we pray that your church would do that around the globe. Lord, we pray this morning for our brothers and sisters in so many countries where to claim the name Christian is a dangerous thing. Watch over them, Lord. And Lord, if you choose for them to be martyrs, as you've called so many of your children throughout the ages, let their testimony be strong and give them fortitude, Lord to hold firmly to your name and to show a watching world that no matter what, nothing can separate us from you. Father, as we anticipate rain later this afternoon and into the days ahead, we know that even on the rainiest Monday mornings of our lives, we have a reason to thank you, to bless you, to turn our faces toward the radiance of your love because you, God, are a God of grace. We thank you for your amazing grace that reminds us of our dependence on you. We thank you for your healing mercies that are new to us every single morning. And so, God of all grace, we give you thanks. Lord, we pray that you would use us to spread your kingdom, to be agents of peace and renewal, so that all of your children might flourish and glorify you. Loving God, we offer these, our prayers to you, joining our voices with the great chorus of those who sing your praise and depend on you alone. And we long for the day when all of your children will live in your peace And praise your name because you have brought the kingdom in its fullness. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Until that day, give us patience. Give us enduring hope. Help us to be rooted in Jesus Christ, in whose powerful name we pray. Amen. As we end in song.